You're listening to Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network, where we explore anything and everything coon hunting and listen to coon hunting stories from across the nation that include cryptids, the paranormal, the unexplained, and a whole hell of crazy. I'm Daniel Felker, your host. Join me and my buddies, Dustin Faulkner and Ryan James, as we explore into the confidential side of coon hunting. Warning, some material may not be suitable for children. Hey, yo, 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 let's get this show going. What's going on, everybody? This is Daniel. We got Dustin and Ryan. We gathered together once again in the house of Dustin Faulkner. Put out another episode. We got episode 22 coming at you right now. Man, we got coon hunting season getting started. It getting going good, and we got a lot of things to uh, uh, update. We got a few things to mention right off the rip. I want to say congratulations to Tyler Compton handling Get Gone Jenna at the UKC World Hunt this year, the 2022 World Champion. Hip, hip. <laughs> Woo! Way to go, buddy. I told you I had the World Hunt going on, all the super stakes going on last time. Got a bunch of new winners. Well, in this episode right here, we're featuring – Lisa Bedingfield and the Emery's. That'd be Andy and Keith Emery. And we also got conversation with Trevor Wade, all recorded at Autumn Oaks. But, um, doggone, Lisa Bedingfield, just the black and tan showed out at the UKC World World Show anyway. Yeah, Lisa Bedingfield, she won the uh, World Champion Opposite Sex is what it is. So I don't have it pulled up on my phone, so I'm trying to go off of memory. But there was another black and tan that won the UKC World Show this year. I don't have their names right there in front of me. But in this episode with with Lisa, she kind of dipped out on us early on into the episode and gave up her seat to Keith Emery. So if you want to hear more of Lisa Bedingfield talking about the World Show and all that, you can head on over to the... The uh, UKC podcast, I don't have the name of that pulled up right off. What is it? Do y'all know? Yeah, UKC Hunting Ops podcast. Okay. So, they had a little bit of a conversation with her at Autumn Oaks, and then they had another conversation with her after the world hunt. So, you can listen to both of those. and But don't tune us out because she was one of the judges at Autumn Oaks for the bench show. But, man... Y'all want to talk about what's going on? We got squirrel season open. We got coon season open. Starting to get cold down here in South Carolina. I actually had to put my gloves on Tuesday night after work because I done got got cold. Boy, my my fingers done got chilly. But I was shedding some stuff on that hike back out because I had to take a hike. Bring you some gloves next year. Indiana, some nettles don't get you. (laughs) (laughs) My leather gloves, I'd normally have, if I'd have had my vest, I'd have had leather gloves on me anyway. You hear that, Indiana? He'll be ready next year. He's coming for you, nettles. So what are y'all going to do? You going to sit in the truck? I'm just going to rock out like I did this past year. Hold my damn hands over my head like Forrest Gump and them when he's walking through that swamp, Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's your game plan too? 
Pretty much. Yeah, it worked the rest of the time I, I was there. I mean, you know, I, I only screwed up once, and then yeah. I was like, well, don't do that shit again. Yeah, I mean, I might pack a long sleeve shirt to throw on, but I, if it's too hot, I just do like Ryan said. That's how I was walking through, like a, yeah. like I've been robbed or something with my hands up. Sticks and freeze up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna carry me a long sleeve shirt and probably probably wear my leather gloves because I'm. I'm not going to be shy, trying I'm to probably going to take pictures of you. I have all intentions on handling a dog there next year. The bad so, thing is, I had leather gloves. <laughs> <laughs> <at> the truck. <laughs> <laughs> so rented them, Daniel. And when you got a time frame to shine a tree, man, I don't have time to just walk around with my hands up over my head when I'm trying to bust through that mess. I mean, we didn't to, know. To begin I know. With. That's why I didn't. It didn't take long though. But I can't see me getting that stuff. I had to go through. It was over my head. I couldn't. Have, I couldn't lift it. My it didn't matter what I'd have done. What the I, freak is that freaking thing? <laughs> it was. It, it didn't matter. That's but, true. Yeah, I didn't bust through it like that. I was. I wasn't being cautious. I'll walk around. Do you guys do like something different? Oh, is, man, that, it, is that poke salad a little bit itchy up here? It's a little bit. This shit's a mite potent. <laughs> <laughs> but. So that's uh, I don't even know what got us on us talking about leather gloves and nettles. What what brought that? You up? putting your gloves on to go hunting? Oh yeah, because it was cold. I mean, it was like forty two. What you got pockets for? Put your damn hands in your pockets. I, I I that's a long. Never mind. It's hard to walk that way though. You don't get it. You can't hips to lips walking through the woods hips if your lips. hands in your pockets. Yeah. Run, damn it! <laughs> no, mine was just standing there tracking the dogs, trying to figure out. Are they where they gonna head back toward the interstate, or were they gonna take a left and go the opposite direction? And that was just a like a monitor, and I couldn't. So I had to keep my gloves on. They couldn't go in my pockets. If they would have took a hard right back toward twenty six, they'd burn them down. No, I did have I did have to tone them, and because that's the re- the direction they was starting to go toward don't do that they was <laughs> six tenths of a mile and i didn't feel like riding around so i didn't care is it junk is it a coon what it is i mean because grace got on one the other night and that's all gone it ran right it did a cut a big loop and went straight down to the river and went up a tree our coons run man they run i didn't come to the conclusion if you pop one up real quick you done that dog has slipped in on it or either, or you just treat a dumb one, or yeah, a dumb one, we'll a, a bow coon. It don't matter if they rutting or not. I don't come to the conclusion them boys are gonna run because Randy and Jordan and told you, bro, we got the runningest coons in the country. We do. They moved here, run ways off, just because of the tracks our coons are run. But man, we got some awesome Apple reviews, and I want to get, I, I want to get a. Uh, Ryan's reaction to some of them. Well, y'all speak at me with them. I'll let you know what I think about them. We got a... Uh, <laughs> it ain't from Djibouti, hit, is it? Hit, hit, hit that one up right there. That first one from Brandon Coon Killer. Uh-oh. It says, keep it up. Love the show. I'm just a pleasure hunter. I hunt black and tans here in the sticks of Kentucky. Keep it up, boys. All right then, man. Hey, we appreciate it. We appreciate that review. That five I it was gonna be star. crazy. Hold going. on, we got three more. Oh. But then we're gonna skip skip over it's Gamby. I'm we're gonna come about back. It's Gamby. We're gonna come back to this one. It's Gamby. All right. 
Uh-uh. Is it Gambia This or one right here is from Born to Die, Forced to Live. And he's got a five-star. But the uh, heading is Sig as Fug. And he said... He says, I listened to every episode so far. Honestly, honestly, the first podcast I've ever listened to and wouldn't miss an episode. Well, I mean, damn. Well, I appreciate it, man. I knew that title was awesome. But then yeah. the next one is a good one. Where's he from? <laughs> the hell if I know that. That ain't on there. Hey, you want to read that next one? That big long one? Yeah, or, or I can read it if you want me to. All right, this one's from Jim... Five five four four three three two two. It's titled Hounds Tooth Five Stars. I listen to podcasts on my work headphones all day. This is the first time I've left a review, but well, we shall appreciate it. I had heard about y'all from a Steve Fielder podcast and thought I'd check out what y'all had to say. I've been binge listening to all the episodes. You guys keep the lividity levity going through the podcast which usually makes me literally laugh out loud great to hear real talk and hacking on one another's dogs glad you guys aren't meth heads meth heads can do a (laughs) two-hour podcast in 20 minutes i appreciate you keep doing what you're doing it's refreshing we might have to invite one on the show thanks brett from pennsylvania Man, thank you. We go have we ain't meth heads too. <laughs> we know too many of them. Smiley, you want to get them? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we saved this five star review from it's Gamby because oh, skit. it's lyrics to one of Ryan's favorite favorite songs. So I'm gonna play no, it for you. Some- Here we go. Oh, that's the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. Anyway, flash, man. I knew I that was one of your favorite, favorite songs. and I couldn't they, wait to hear it. <laughs> hey, I mean, I didn't understand it. There really wasn't no rhyme or reason. I kind of knew where they was going, but I was like. It was a smash, bro. They just left the lyrics to that song. Not just one, a regular smash, a graveyard smash. I like it better now. That, <laughs> but I, I didn't like it at all before then. <laughs> <laughs> so. We had just had this conversation about this song, and then this review popped up a couple of days later, and I knew I was like, "I'm gonna play it." Oh That's shit! What I'm they listen to us. It. They listen to us. <laughs> so it's Gamby. It's Gamby. I don't know who it's Gamby is, but it's Gamby. I appreciate it. Add a we little bit. It. Add a little bit of more humor to the show outside of our own stupidity. But don't call us stupid. <laughs> don't call him stupid. <laughs> She tastes like cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! Out of nowhere, just out of nowhere, 
If it's not hard for anybody to tell exactly what Ryan's favorite movie is. If they don't damn know. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, you know. I don't want to. We ain't going to give it away. <laughs> don't want, yeah. You ain't never seen the movie. You <laughs> ain't American. <laughs> you might be a terrorist if shoot you haven't seen that movie. That's true. Do us a favor and shoot yourself. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that. No, I'm not going to say that. Don't I'm do not that. Gonna say I'll that. stand by it, but if you ain't seen Forrest Gump, probably just shoot yourself in the damn foot or something. I ain't going to say kill yourself, but shoot, shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> you dumb ass should have been watching Forrest Gump. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. The greatest movie. We're talking about one. The greatest movie he ever made. I disagree. I can't stand with uh, that would you one. Like either. Harry Potter or Star Wars or some dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> no, for real, that's. Uh, I know. I, I don't real. really know. I don't know what I think the greatest movie ever made is. But one as far as Gump. I don't know, man. The Outlaw Josie Wells is pretty uh, good. I mean, it's, it's pretty good, but it ain't far as Gump, bro. What I mean, we were soldiers, Braveheart. I mean. It was you all you great got to put them in there, man. Uh, but think about all the shit they put in Forrest Gump from meeting Elvis, teaching Elvis how to dance, yeah, yeah. the Watergate scandal. Oh, yeah, that's put, a great. They put plenty of references in it. The, the fruit I, I company don't. that they invested in. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the fruit company. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of, one of the biggest fruit companies in the world. They said, we don't got to worry about money no more. And I said, that's good. One less thing. Hold. My side's starting to hurt. I got to get serious for a minute. Oh, no. Yeah, I got to get serious because I made a promise to this guy. He was going to Don't be doing stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know if I can be on this podcast. <laughs> No, nah, there's a coon hunter that reached out to me, and his name is uh, hell, Adam Turner. That's right. Adam Turner. And he sent me this thing, and they are. What did he say? There was a, that, here's what it said. Here's a letter, and it said, um, Whitewater Coon Hunting Association will be hosting a sanctioned PKC double header night hunt on October 29th, 2022. We will have a join the pack bench show, tree contest, live music, food, live auction, raffles, and door prizes. The hunt will be a fundraising event for Frank Zeke Walker. I think that it might be Zeke or Zeke. I'm not sure. I don't know this fella. But it's, we're going to go with Zeke. If it ain't right, I'm sorry, Zeke. But that's kind of like Sorry, Blake, Frank. Blake being Zeke might not Blakey. be right. But call him Frank. We'll call him Frank. Okay, Frank has been a lifelong coon hunter, competed at many le- different levels. Uh, he was in an automobile accident in April of this year that has that caused a broken pelvis, detached bladder, three broken discs, uh, much internal damage. He also had to upgrade his pacemaker and continues to have many issues with his heart he is being faced with many medical bills as well as trips back and forth to doctor's appointments he's been out of work since the accident 
and has someone help him at home as well as commuting to appointments. And they're basically putting this hunt on for him and the family. And they're looking for, say, will you or your business help us with this endeavor, a donation of auction items, monetary donation, door prizes, food items will help make this a great, make this event a great success. In return for your help and support, we will publicly announce your name, organization, or business. We will be glad to display your banner advertisement in our club throughout this event and all upcoming events. And any donations can be sent to Adam Turner at 126 County Road 6645 and Banks, Alabama 36005. So I told him that I would mention that on the next podcast and put that out there that they're having that hunt on October the 20th. What I say? October 29th? Yeah, October the 29th of this month. So if you're a business or um, anything like that, or you want to send donations to help out with Mr. Frank Zeke, Zeke, I don't know his name. We're just going to go with Zeke, man. We're just going to call him Frank. Hell, we know how to say Frank. Anyway, I gave you the address at the Adam Turner. And to get that address, all you got to do is like press rewind, like back it up like 30 seconds or something like that, and you'll get to it. Or just message Daniel and ask him. Don't message me. Don't message me about that. Hold on. Speaking speaking of, <laughs> I, I've been wanting to say this too. I'm glad you brought this up because I get a lot of bullshit friends requests on Facebook. And if you're sending me a friends request or I, I'm speaking for me, I don't know about Dustin and Ryan, but if you're sending me a friends request because you listen to the show, please send me a, 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 message. a message and let me know because I'm getting to the point Unless where you're I'm a about diehard to start coon hunter deleting. Because if I see diehard, like if I see somebody in their Facebook profile is coon, I'll probably accept them. Because I'm like, it's probably somebody listening to the show. Yeah, because I've been getting a lot of a lot of what I felt like but if you BS messages on Facebook that I know are like somebody that's being hacked and trying to just send a message. It's like, hey there, boy. It's like, hey, <laughs> How are you today? You got pretty, Don't send me eyes. a message. That, if you send me a friend's request because you listen to the show, send me a message and let me know because chances are I'm probably going to start denying Facebook requests because I'm tired of all I'm, – I'm serious. Like, Tell us how four, you really feel. Four or five times a week. I'll get like some type just from friends request and then I'll get some scam message and I'll realize, hey, this I, I don't know if they really This or girl not. Like who she says she is. But no, <laughs> not, not most. It, <laughs> I want my twenty dollars back. <laughs> <laughs> no. It ain't nothing like that. But honestly, it's like several times a week. I'll get a friend's request from, and then it, then it'll you accept it, and it turn right around within five minutes. Hello, how are you today? How are you today? And then I'm like, okay, yeah, let's block this one and go back and unfriend this son of a gun, whoever they are. It's just a hassle. So I'm about to stop. Like, unless I know you or see we got like 400 mutual friends, I'm probably not going to accept it. 
You heard it. That's. I just want to put that out there. And I know other podcasters that say the same thing. Well, can we talk about our stickers? Yeah, our stickers that came in the mail today. Our From bumper stickers. What's the dude's name? The Mr. Brown forgot his name it's already. Got, no, it's it, on, it should be on the envelope. It's not there. on the envelope. It's, it's the really? box. Yeah, right. but the email that the guy sent me come from a guy named Andrew Hint, and I think he's out of New York. I think that's what's on that envelope. Hope they ain't no anthrax on this thing. I hope not. But he sent us. <laughs> he, sent, he sent me. It, I smelled, he smelled it. <laughs> but so, but now nah, he sent me an email. And he wanted to know an address to send these bumper stickers to. And they showed up today and it says, I love, I heart shit eaters. And yes, we do. So much we're probably going to get a red bone. Now <laughs> <laughs> hey, you just offended all the red bone people. I'm just picking about. Because, you know, we talked about red bones. There was a few times I thought Andy was going to smack me when we was interviewing Andy Emery. There was a few, because she mentioned red bones, and I come back when I was like, your red bones hunt? And you'll hear that in this episode. And she looked at me, and I thought I was about to catch the back end of her hand. I laughed so hard. <laughs> it would have been so I wasn't funny. Even I really like a, these people. I wasn't even at a microphone, and you'd have heard me laugh. Knock his ass out. Cut <laughs> <laughs> him. Cut him. Hit him again. Hit him again. Kick him. Kick him. I know how it would have went down. Like, Beat his ass. Here, let me help. (laughs) 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 All right. I got to address this. I got to address this, man. Man, we addressing all kind of stuff today. So y'all listen to hell. We addressing and not undressing. (laughs) I'm really white. (laughs) I'm really white. No, I made a comment on Facebook. During the week of the world hunt that weekend, about, oh my about God. somebody being a part of Don't like look. the media team, and Don't. I took a lot of blowback for that, and I think a lot of stuff got taken out of context. So I wanted to address just one little tidbit. Yeah, I might have said some things about some certain a, a person's integrity, but here's what I want to say. I like Alan Gingrich, I like Trevor Wade, and I trust both of them to run UKC in a way that will continue to make UKC a, a, a good registry to put on good hunts and good quality hunts, and I trust them. And so if it's just that one little thing with the, somebody being on the media, I'm not about to fall out with them because – I trust them to keep UKC going in the right direction. Well, it should. Regardless of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have said that. Say it a little louder. I, I don't, I don't it, want to drop that many F-bombs on the podcast. It, it, my mom and people. It, it was shit. heard, man. It was heard. It was, it was yeah. heard. It was heard. <laughs> so I kind of had a, you know what, I thought about this afterwards because I got some blowback on that on Facebook. Oh, I know. I just quit looking at one point. I was waiting for you to be like, At the end of the day, I realized it ain't up for me to know or understand or whatever. It ain't my place. And I trust Trevor Wade, Alan Gingrich to keep doing what they're doing regardless of 
who's on the the media team and who isn't on the media team. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. I'm not going to be like, to hell with UKC. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's not that big of a deal I'm to me. I'm a squirrel dog. I, never, I have never met the guy face to face. I don't know him like that. Probably gonna beat there you might be day. a lot of people. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> anyway. Let's move on. I'm Let's sorry. move on. <laughs> I kick you out from under. <laughs> <laughs> Just practice the shrill. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna edit all that out. <laughs> that's funny. That's what we hear. <laughs> that's what you wanted me to do. Right. Say funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll be getting my ass kicked by old man. Golly. It has Biting. happened. It has happened, dude. Like they some tough old men out there. I believe it. I believe it. I don't feel like that's gonna happen in my this situation. I feel like as big as I am, if I can get a hold of you <laughs> and start gnawing on your ass, you're gonna give up quick. You'll be trying to get away. You talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody. Hey. I don't care. Some people might not find this relevant. <laughs> tell them what, what y'all te- say, what's, what's the motto that the old man told you? You got to say it. You got to say it. I can't say that on this podcast. I just told why? you my mama and listen to this shit. But your mama's probably already heard this. Nah, she ain't heard this. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to be willing to bite somebody somewhere to get them off of you if you want to win a fight. Anyway, he said, you got to be willing to bite <laughs> I can't say it. Nah, I, can't, okay. I don't feel comfortable Dustin, saying you it. Say it. I'm not saying it. Come on, it. Dustin, tell us. I'm not saying it. <laughs> I don't, I'm I don't not feel saying comfortable. it. I'm not saying it. You got to be willing to bite. Just bite them. A private. No, I'm in the side. Anyway, man, we're going to get into this episode right here. Guys, episode 23 going to be coming out. The next episode is going to – I think it's a good conversation. Halloween special Got a special guest from West Virginia Going to be on the show And uh, Hell we'll save all that talk about that For the next time But anyway Bye now <laughs> Y'all come back now you so, here Here we go We're going to start this episode Or these conversations with Trevor Wade And uh, Andy Emery Lisa Bedingfield And Keith Emery And then the Emery's are going to take us on out of here so until next time, if you ain't got them dogs in the woods yet, what's wrong with you? Get them dogs in the woods. Y'all happy hunting now. Hey, with hunting season right here upon us and everybody getting their hunting stuff all lined up, getting their boots, their chaps that with waders, uh, their lights, anything, go check out Havoc Hunt Supply. They got all the things you need, all your needs. They got badass apparel. They got spill-proof water bowls. They got chaps. They got garments. They got thermals. And with these hard economic times, all you got to do is put this promo code in. It's at Havoc10 to save 5% on all your purchase, your total purchase. You want to support the show? Go to Havoc Hunt Supplies website. Put that promo code in when you're checking out. Save you some money, man. Or get you a hoodie. Get you a hat. Get some shit you don't need. I mean, a squabble. Yeah, this hunting season, boat. Need you a squabble. Prepare yeah. yourself to wreak havoc. You can get you a, a squabble. 
Anything you need is right there. Havoc Hunt Supply. Hit them up. 5% off your purchase. Havoc 10. 10. Man, we got T. Wade up in the house, Trevor Wade. There we go. So you, you tell everybody your title because if I try to do it, I'm going to butcher it. Yeah, well, I'm the Coonhound Program Manager here at UKC. Yep. I mean, I like the way everything is set up, like all nice around here. It looks. It's very like, nice. Y'all have done a well ju- heck good of a job. job. Heck of a good job. I like, would like to take credit for this, but we have a pretty good team. Uh, our national events team has a lot to do with it. Our media team has a lot to do with it. I always say if Alan and I were in charge of it, we'd probably just have a couple tables up here and a, a banner. That's about it. But uh, we got a lot of good helpers, and uh, it, it turns out pretty nice. Yeah, it's like all the like the backdrops, the tent, all the different, like I was looking at them over there, the different like little tablecloths. I don't even know what, table covers or something. <laughs> They're all fancy. I mean, it kind of renders that table useless. But it looks good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they got loose ones, stretch one, stretchy ones. I would say that one looked like they took a doggone vacuum cleaner and sucked it to the table. <laughs> but, man, I'm at big screen TV over there behind us. Yeah, we kind of went with the Megatron stuff last or this year at Winter Classic in Mississippi. We actually have that event in a Civic Center. Uh, so we, that was the first time we tinkered with the, the Megatron thing, and we really liked it. So put it here in the hunt, in the hunt building this year here to try it out. Going to have these videos playing all through, and going to put some interviews with past Automos winners on tomorrow. And it's this building gets full. So, cool. I'm curious to see what it looks like in here tomorrow, full and out, out and about, all and through there. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're sitting at about uh, 320 pre-entered for tomorrow, and it wouldn't surprise me if we got about 100 walk-ups. So it's going to be a full building. May have to get you a little box fan over here because it's going to be a lot of hot air being blew in this in this building tomorrow. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. Was like <laughs> we got two of them. <laughs> there you go. They were on sale at Walmart. <laughs> Said four dollars. It cost us seven. That they, they lied. Inflation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, where you told me you're from, like East Tennessee. That's right, Southeast Tennessee, just smack dab between Knoxville and Chattanooga. If people are familiar with those areas, right down seventy-five, little town called Athens. All right, I seen that on the sign when we was coming this way. I was like, man, there's all kind of Athens. Yeah, we was talking about that. Yeah. yeah. They just name everything the same thing in every state you go to. Yeah, if I say I'm from Athens, Tennessee is the last thing they get to. <laughs> <laughs> they go through every other state before Georgia's that. Georgia's first in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. And then Greece. I don't even think of no other state. <laughs> it's just like goes to a completely <laughs> different country. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's but right. um, so I, I had a couple different questions. What, what kind of breed do you hunt? I think I already know, but I'm, I don't want to assume. Well, right now I actually have two. I have a black and tan, a year-old black and tan, and then I have a three-year-old walker hound. Um, I, I really I prefer a good black and tan. Uh, you know, I haven't had a ton I've liked in the past few years, so I've kind of had my, lap, my past couple of hounds have been walker dogs. So That's where I'm at right now. I was eyeballing some black and tan puppies out there. Then I found them on Facebook. Like at the, it's like Gilman's Black and Tans. Oh yes, David Gilman, him and Misty. Uh, 
they always do good at this event. They got some good dual purpose sounds. They do good in the hunts and the shows, both. They got a they got a pen full out there. Two or three little litters look like. I wonder if they hunting one tonight. Y'all, I they got do. somebody just called my phone and it come up throat goat. <laughs> We're too close to the Morgan Monroe. Who was saved in your phone is the throat goat, bro. Yeah, I ain't say. got nobody saved. I have no. Well, idea. you're supposed to answer them. Cause I'm just gonna at, let you know. <laughs> I looked at my at my watch and is you know I'll plug my Garmin watch right here, and it come up throat goat. Call them back. That's what I looked at. What in the world? I wonder if they're gonna leave you a message uh, to play that one live on the air. <laughs> I've never in my life. What in the? What kind of juju have you brought over here, T Wade? I thought Joanna was real good. <laughs> Just go ahead and tell you on the caller ID. I tell you what the deal is. But yeah, let's talk about them Gilman Black and Tans because you know much about them. Oh, I see. I see those guys everywhere. They compete in a lot of the major events. They've been. They would have been down at the Grand American, and they compete there for the shows and the hunts as well. And like you said, to, we're talking here on Thursday evening here at Autumn Oaks and the National Dual Championships tonight. And he actually won it last year with a dog named Redneck Roll. That's the one I've been looking up. I was looking at them on Facebook a little while ago. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, what that oh. means is that be all the black and tans drew out uh, last uh, on Thursday night. They all drew out together. He won his cast plus point cast winner. So he moves on to Friday with the bench show portion of the event. All the plus point cast winners, and then he would have showed against the other black and tan plus point cast winners. Pick a black and tan breed winner, and then he beat the other six breed winners, and that's how he won the national dual championship. So, okay. okay. It's kind of the best of both worlds. See if you have a true dual purpose sound. Sound like sound like you need to sounds go down like, there and buy you one. I sent my daddy like a message. Going back to South Carolina. I sent, with one of these <laughs> I sent my daddy a message and I was like, uh, I had him check him out. He ain't got back to me yet because I'm like, he's wanting to know how old and how much. <laughs> you need to tell him what the dealio is. We just found the best black and tans here. <laughs> but, um, so how how long you been coon hunting, like? Well, I've I've coon hunted ever since I was young. I have my family all coon hunted growing up. Uh, all on my dad's side, uh, my dad coon hunted until we were born. Then sports and stuff kind of took over, uh, and but I always tagged along with family members and friends and stuff like that. And up until high school, when I graduated high school, is when I kind of got my own hounds and really got into it hot and heavy. So I'm 32 now. So about 14 years I've been running my own hounds. Yeah. I I don't even know. I was gonna say something else. Like 14 years. You, you plan on coon hunting for the rest of your life? That's the plan. If there's spots to be cutting loose in another 14 years, but uh, you know that's that's the struggle that we put up with every time we cut a dog loose right now. But uh, I hope that uh, we have the opportunity to coon hunt well into the future. I'd like to see my kids coon hunt. I'd like to see my grandkids coon hunt. That the the what was going through my head there is we was listening to some of the. Um, the Coonhound Collective on the way over here this morning on the, the Set em Up A story. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was this morning when that older guy, and he was talking about got how he said it, but it was basically like um, testing their fortitude. And I'm full for that. Like, I'm, if somebody wants to go coon hunting, we'll go coon hunting because it's like we'll test your fortitude. If you can't handle it, we'll just may as well go ahead and weed you out. We'll just go ahead and call you. Yeah. It's like you're not going to make it. The way I do them is so, if they want to go squirrel hunting, I make them go to coon hunting twice. 
before I take them squirrel hunting. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, Trevor's been at it for 14 years, so his fortitude has had to been tested a time or two to stick with it that long. Oh, yeah. There's been many times walking back to the truck where I was ready to post the dogs for sale as soon as I got to the pickup. <laughs> no, seriously, the only place, I, you know, I've been all over the country the past few years with this job and hunted in a lot of different places, but the only place I get nervous at is, is down toward y'all's country. Really? <laughs> Why is that? Oh, just swimming in in early January sounds not very good. Doesn't sound very good. <laughs> Me either. That's <laughs> that's um. We got the worst of all worlds. We got briar thickets, mountains, swamps. And then Mister Sam Drain's always threatening me that he's going to take me to the deepest swamp they have for that final cast. Talking about the Grand American, of course. Yeah, if people yeah, don't know, but yeah. Oh yeah, for the people that don't know, people listen. I knew you yeah. guys knew, but I, for the people listening, oh. talking about the Grand American final. There's some cast. spots down yeah. there. I don't want to go. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind driving and guiding back up to where we live. If yeah. I were to hunt in it, I really don't. And but um, I don't want to name no no certain spots. Yeah. But there are some certain spots that <laughs> I know there's going to be water yeah. and a lot of it. Yeah. So. And, and the misconception is, you know, you go there and a lot of people treat a lot of, there's a lot of game there. I mean, they, you'll see some good scores and a lot, not very many dead casts. So, I mean, if you have a chance to go to the Grand American, it's a fun one to go to and more than likely you can get in some good hunting, but uh, yeah, you could and, get a little wet. Yeah, you could, but then there's a whole heap, a lot of spots that might be like knee deep water and yeah. some cypress knees where it's not like, you're not sloshing over your head yeah. all night. You're like in water but you're in like decent water yeah it's typically not, that's what i've been in there yeah it it has to be for real like a big like hell hole swamp i mean there's no secret hell hole swamp is a big ass hell hole swamp and you can hunt multiple ends of it yeah i mean it's there's even a whole coon club named hell hole coon club and i i've just heard i ain't never hunted it i don't ever want to i got no intentions on ever hunting there <laughs> We might as well go and just tough it out one time. Is there any chance they just call it that to keep the outsiders away and it's really know. just a beautiful spot to hunt? Man, you can look it up on, uh, like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's really named that. It's really named the Hellhole Swamp. That's, yeah. like, the legit name for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you got had any, like, crazy, creepy, weird, anything happen while coon hunting? Yeah. Or extremely funny. Mr. Ray told us a story earlier. I mean, it was it was a funny story about a, a naked uh, chick hopping out of a truck. <laughs> I've never had that. You know, I, I've listened to all y'all's podcasts because it, it intrigues me on both ends, being both hunting stories and, and I always like some of the unexplained stuff out there. But uh, personally, I've never had any paranormal or cryptic encounters. I've had some scary times in the woods, whether it's being shot at by, by landowners or I'll, I'll never forget. It must have been 10 years ago. I was still pretty early on yet. It was the very last night of season and we were hunting in uh in the mountains in, in the mountains just uh north of me there when you get into the appalachians pretty and there are some pretty rough ranges around there but uh we cut loose and we we had treed three coons actually that night we just kept cutting loose getting further and further and at this point we were almost three miles from the truck and uh we got into a bottom with a good creek running through it and we started seeing hoses everywhere and then lo and behold there was a moonshine steel right in front of us just me and my little hunting partner who was like 11 or 12 at the time <laughs> most scared i've ever been in the woods ever i was like we got to get out of here quick we somebody's found probably, the stage <laughs> somebody's probably looking at us right now we got to get out of here oh yeah but that's probably either uh, one time and i didn't want to go here but uh we i've heard you guys talk about 
drug use, frequent drug users on your podcast before. What? <laughs> Never. <laughs> One night I was hunting some public property, and we're in the middle of the woods. There's no no roads around or anything, and there is a brand new Ford F-150 in the middle of the woods with some guy in the driver's seat just slumped over. And my first thought that was the guy was dead, but I guess he just uh, got out there and got a got a little out of his mind because the cops came after him and they had a full-on pursuit through the woods for this guy. Oh, he had stole his grandpa's. It turned out he had stole his grandpa's brand new truck and got out there and got got all twisted up. Oh man! I think I know him. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's probably the two scariest encounters I've had. I, I I guess fortunately I've never had nothing too creepy happen to me out there. It sounded like something D Wayne would do. That was, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was going to say D Wayne, but once you have to edit it, it sounded just like D Wayne. <laughs> but. So, how you liking the podcast? Any end of what y'all doing now? Our podcast that yeah. we're doing, yeah, yeah, it's it's been different for us. I, I don't think Alan and I either have any, you know, we don't have any experience in this field doing these types of interviews and, and dealing with this kind of technology. But we're kind of getting used to it and getting more comfortable to do it, and uh, it's a pretty useful you know platform for us we're getting a lot of information out there just regarding our major events we've used it to do rule interpretation type stuff and something we're going to be doing more and more is is to highlight individual hunters and their dogs and give them the credit and recognition they need and we're going to use it for a lot of a lot of different stuff and i'm excited to see what we come up with okay so let's put this out there just i feel like you know anytime we get a chance or platform as far as like ukc is what kind of explain to everybody because a lot of people don't know how are the rules come through in UKC or the rule changes? Would, yeah. would explain that to everybody with like the breed associations. Yeah, so, so this year is actually a rule change year. Every three years is a rule change year. So uh, early on this year, we, uh, we put it out there and tasked everyone with getting their proposals into the breed associations that they're a member of, whether Tree and Walker Association, the BBOA that we're sitting beside here. Uh, get in your proposals to your breed association. It's their job for their board members to compile a clean list of ones that they're that they would uh, possibly vote for. It, you know, there's some that'll come in that may be silly or just not realistic, and then they'll send us to, they'll send them to us by the end of March, and we'll compile a list and we take it away, around to the breed days during the spring, and they'll usually uh, vote on it there at the breed day stuff at their breed day events and. Uh, now here, actually tomorrow morning, Friday morning at 10 a.m., uh, Alan and I will be meeting with uh, two representatives from each chartered breed association, and we're going to go in there and hash it out. And uh, at the end, there's seven breed associations. They'll each cast a vote, and it'll either pass or it'll fail. We got uh, eight proposals on the docket this year. So, Thermal on it? Thermal's the number one. Uh-oh. I haven't looked at it yet. I, y'all, y'all, when y'all released the last episode? Yesterday? Was it Wednesday? One came out Wednesday. Okay, yep. Wednesday. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Was that one all about the rules and uh, uh, proposals and stuff? It didn't have to do with the proposals. Actually, our very first episode, we went through every proposal, what it was, and uh, kind of talked about what it could impli- imply for for uh, the rule book and for dogs. You know, the rules have a major implication on dog breeding, how people train dogs, you know, stuff like that. So we talked a little bit about that. 
yesterday's episode was just about us giving some rule interpretations on current running rules. I could envision after this event, I could probably uh, Tuesday when we get back to the office, we're probably going to do an episode uh, going over what passed and what failed as far as rule proposals. But that's not the only way it'll get out there. It'll be on our social media platforms. We use Facebook a lot, UKC Coonhounds on Facebook. It'll be on our website, ukcdogs.com, and it'll be in the it'll be in the Coonhound Bloodlines. We'll get the information out there. And, of course, uh, like we did back in 2020 in the last rule change year at Grand American, it's our first event of the year. It's the kickoff. And uh, Alan kind of had – we put together a slideshow and we did a whole uh, rule presentation there and kind of shot some different videos of it. And it's kind of, it's kind of uh, a good way to introduce new rules for the, for the people out there competing in the events. I have to go back and look at all those and see what those are. I mean – I think we should kick the Walker dogs out of the UKC. <laughs> that was what? You may as well shut UKC down <laughs> and and any other registry that wants to we, get. We ain't worried about the other ones. We just talking about UKC. We want to see something else win, man. We, ha- we we for equality. Hashtag, so I mean, hashtag no Walker dogs for you, huh? We, we want equality. We want not equality. We want equity. That's some <laughs> Illuminati hounds. <laughs> So I was I was gonna ask, you ever hunt any PKC? I have, I have, yeah. Actually, you know, before I started the job, it's I always enjoyed hunting UKC stuff. Uh, I've hunted a lot of the major events around, and uh, you know, the, the opportunity popped up. It wasn't just because I was just a huge UKC guy. You know, it's just because it was a good job opportunity, and that uh, my family was uh, young enough and flexible enough to make the move, and that's why I did it. But it's not because. Uh, dislike PKC and what they're doing. Those guys do a great job, and anybody progressing the sport is good for the sport, I think. So whether it's uh, UKC, PKC, Pro Sport, any of those guys doing good things for the sport right now. It's good stuff. We'll see it. Yeah, Very well I, see I, it. I had an older guy. He used to be the doctor in Whitmire, and he hunted black and tans, and he told me a long time ago, he said, UKC is the goose that laid the golden egg. He said, if you ever lose that goose that laid that golden egg, he said, coon hunting will die. And I'm like, I I don't know where he's staying. I don't know. I guess time will tell. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But he was firm. I mean, he was originally from Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I, he had he had strong feelings about UKC. Yeah. I mean, so it's I don't know. But oh, sorry, yeah. I was just gonna say, especially at an event like this, you see, I talked to a ton of people here today that have been coming to this event for 30, 40 years, and just the the strong backbone of of the registry is the people that have been supportive like that guy who thinks so much of us and and our record our record keeping skills and and uh, the accuracy of the paperwork and uh and of course the events and and the prestige that goes into winning events like you know autumn oaks winter classic and the world championship it's it's important to hear and and the people that enjoy that and the backbone of, of the registry for us well and i mean i don't know if pkc or Pro Hound, they they do awesome stuff and all, but they don't have events like this, like where people just set up in a fairground somewhere, do they? I mean, oh, is the, the world. Oh, the, I know the the Palmetto Jamboree is it's nothing like this, but mm-hmm. there are vendors. They have a few that come in for that event in, okay. in Union. I bet it's. I I just didn't know. I ain't never been to no huge know. PKC event, but I've been to the Grand American and now all the Mokes. I don't know that I've never been. Is our world hunts bigger than this or not? Our world championship, we're actually narrowed down to 100 dogs in the hunt. And uh, and it's, so it's nothing like, it's not on this scale. There's way less people here. There may be a couple of vin, vin, uh, vendors there, but it's just more, uh, 
it's more tension in the air. It's more business-like. It's not, this is a family, this is a family atmosphere. The closest thing to this would be like, of course, Grand American and Winter Classic, and then uh, some of the Chartered Breed Association days. If you go to Blue Tick days or Black and Tan days, where they have a, just a lot of people and people are camped and it's a full weekend thing, uh, the World Championship and the TOC aren't necessarily like that. They're more, people are serious there, and there's no, you don't bring your yeah. family to that one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, this place here is super laid back. Like, we done pulled up. Ain't nobody asked us who we were. We just (laughs) parked or got out. I feel like we could have slipped in here last night. I'm telling you, ain't nobody (laughs) asked us nothing. We wanted you guys to do parking for us next year. You guys good for that? No, I'm good. Uh, I ain't <laughs> real good at parking. I'd do it, but there's some people get mad at me at the Grand American because yeah. I'd be telling another, them you can't park here. The other day, Ryan was like, Bo, do you realize when we wake up, we ain't got to go to work? It's going to be like the Grand American. I ain't got to be there by 6 o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. When the gate's open and ready to go. I'm always flying in like last minute. David's, I'm the last one. David's calling me, where you at? I'm like, <laughs> 705, <laughs> bypassing everybody with my little pass. <laughs> I'm always like. Does but, the gates even close here? Because I know we showed up at like 9 o'clock last night just to check it out, and the gate was wide open, man. We just pulled in and cut a loop. The the gates won't close, uh, but on Friday and Saturday, they will, they will be manned during the day to keep it, keep it at restrictive levels as far as people in here and stuff i don't know if we'll ever get to that point but they will be manned tomorrow but okay. they don't they won't close because people will be going in and out all night hunting and stuff so right yeah, you got everybody camping yeah that's true yeah the grand american you ain't allowed to stay on the grounds i don't guess well, they got that one little campsite yeah, over that's there true. The they do got that one campsite but you can get out of it a different way they don't come through the main gate that's a lot different you can't bring like your outside vehicles like golf carts and stuff in up there and there's people like riding around everywhere on golf carts out here like hell we can rent one <laughs> I'm like, yeah they're a big deal around here it's the ocean lake of coon hunts <laughs> but I, I guess I, in orangeburg you got that one little road and it's kind of it's a little bit more compact these roads are wider than those that one little road up there or down there i don't know maybe that's why it is i don't know but it's pretty cool it's what Ryan say, the ocean lakes of coon hunting? Yeah. We're having a big time, man. You ever been Good. to Myrtle Beach? I have. You ever been to Ocean Lakes? I have not. It's like a it's uh-uh. a huge campground with houses and campers and stuff, and people just ride golf carts It's like around. its own small city, man. I heard y'all talk about it. You went on vacation there, and somebody else yeah, was about I, to go on vacation yeah, there, right? There's yeah. no reason to leave out of Ocean Lakes unless <laughs> you want to go visit something else. But other than that, there's a water park. There's the ocean. They got their own little store. Most time you got a, a golf house, cart workshop. Golf cart. <laughs> yeah, I went to Myrtle Beach in high school for a baseball, a spring baseball tournament. Is it like is that where the Cal Ripken? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Cal yeah, complex yeah, is. Complex yeah, that's is. in yep. um, all turf. That's that was Myrtle. all this North for me. Myrtle Beach. Okay, yep, I that's up there in North Myrtle. It's right there near Possum Trot Golf Course. Okay, <laughs> Possum Trot Golf Course. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> the Dirty Myrtle. <laughs> hey, where'd you go? To, where'd you go? Did you go to college? I did. I went to University of Tennessee. Yep, he's a ball. Opens up tonight against Ball State, Muncie and Dana, right down the road. What are they going to do? Uh, what, the record this year or tonight? Thumping tonight. Thumping tonight. Let's see. Which way, though? They oh, going to take go- a thumping no, or they going to give a we'll thumping? We'll thump Ball State tonight. Let's see. I'm going to go. It's eight or four or nine or three. Uh, I'll go nine three. Why not? <laughs> Might as well. It ain't like it gonna cost you nothing if they don't, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a Gamecock fan. Every year I'm like, we're going 11 and 1. <laughs> They give me every year. Too. And if we Tennessee don't, we'll be like, 
wait till next year. <laughs> I, saw some, I saw some stuff I like there. We're going to be good next year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. How loyal are you? Well, I'm still a Gamecock fan. <laughs> building a program, y'all building a program. <laughs> Sometimes all I can do is shake my head at the stupidity that comes out of Columbia. But I bet you feel the same way about Tennessee because they've made some dumb stuff, dumb moves in the football department. Yeah, it all started when I was in college, and it's been going downhill since. Was was a uh, golly, what was his name? Fulmer. Fulmer was my his last year was my freshman year. Kiffin came in my sophomore year, and then Dooley was my third year. So I got to see it all. Rough stretch. Yep, yep, rough mm-hmm. stretch. It's a rough stretch. They're all grimacing right now. Uh, well, I, I don't even watch football, man. I, I can't tell you who who any of those people are. Well, how, how in the world you you're an Atlanta Braves fan? I'm, That's right. I've seen that. How in the world did you become an Atlanta Braves fan? So, you know, down Shepard in the south, Jones, bro. <laughs> we don't have a lot of uh, uh, major league sports teams down south. You know, I live in I lived in Athens, Tennessee, and it takes me about two two and a half hours to get to Atlanta. So that's the closest thing by far. I mean, that's all all our local TV stations are Atlanta teams. So. Hawks, Falcons, Braves, all my all the squads I go with. But I'm a Red Sox baseball fan for life. So Braves are my number one team always. So. That old Chipper Jones, and then he went on to that deer hunting show. He's yeah. book commander now, man. That's man. You got to love that. The black He's and tan the black and tan I have right now. His name's Black River Chipper. Oh. <laughs> And the Walker's name is uh, is Hank after Hank Aaron, so I got a couple of different generations there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what year were you born? 1990. Okay, so you wasn't, but just a few years old. I actually got to see them in my in my teens go from the first to worst. I yeah. mean, from worst to first. Yeah, it was like right there. They sucked when they had Dale Murphy and yeah. all of them. And then they all of a sudden you had. I, I'm trying to think if I can remember them all from back then, dude. Back then, I can name all of them, like batting stats, everything. Oh, yeah. I was like a Braves nut. <laughs> and then they broke my heart so many times. I had, they jumped ship, man. You had Sid Bream, David Justice. Then you, you, had a whole, game, you had a whole plethora of good pitchers. In them early 90 teams? Yes. Yeah. Tom yeah. Glavin, John Smoltz, oh, yeah. uh, Steve Avery. Maddox. Maddox. Yeah. You had a they whole. Were, they always had a good pitching staff, always. Yep. Anyway, we didn't talk about coon hunting. We didn't talk about football, baseball, crackheads, meth heads. I think we've checked everything off the list. Let's man. get back to the throat goat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Trevor, man, I appreciate you taking the time to come over here and talk to us. I know y'all got a lot going on. I see them backing up over there at the table. So we'll go let you earn your paycheck, man. Man, I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, hey, we appreciate you, you, man. Thank you. Hey, if you're looking for a really good light, what's the best light on the market, Ryan? It'd be a bright eyes. It's been so bright. It's been rumored that people have seen shit from the 1800s. With That's a rumor. And I hear that heat seeker will burn a dingleberry off a Sasquatch ass at 200 yards. It's pumping the daylight in. Nah, for a really good light, go over to brighteyes.com. Check them out. Enter this promo code, houndstooth. One word, H-O-U-N-D-S-T-O-O-T-H. Enter that promo code, 5% off that light. I mean, they sell to sell. Yeah, absolutely. They go on that website, they'll be impressed. They buy one, they'll be even more impressed. Use that promo code, houndstooth. One word, H-O-U-N-D-S, 
T-O-O-T-H. Put that in. Get you a new heat seeker. We appreciate it. So we got Lisa Bedenfield, and I don't know your name. I know her, but I don't know you. So I'm Andy Emery. Andy Emery. I think we might actually be friends on Facebook. Okay. Okay. That name sounds very familiar. And now, Lisa, you lived in like North Carolina, but I know you because you did like some stuff with the South Carolina State Coon Hunters Association several long years ago. I so, did, and um, I've done stuff with them, and currently doing stuff with Southeastern Tree and Walker Association, also. So, um, yeah. But, so that's how I know you, and you had showed black and tans. Black and tans in English, yeah. I know we talked to you at the Grand America. Mm-hmm. I asked you like, what was the deal? Which show was bigger? Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna make a point. I went and checked out the confirmation. It just looked like a bunch of running around in circles and making your dog stand still. Yeah, well, that's pretty much that's it. it. <laughs> That's pretty much it. What do y'all like better, the bench or like confirmation stuff? I like the bench stuff better. Andy would probably go 50-50 yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably a toss-up. Yeah. 50-50. I'm more of the they're, bench show person. She's more of a little They're both bit of important. Both. Yeah. They have their purposes. Yeah. A little different. But why do confirmation people dress up? It's just a thing that's got started, I would say, when it's, it, it was like a little more of a fancier version of what we were doing and and some people dress up more than others ukc is more where you don't really have to you know dress nice of course but but some people take it to that next level and they like to look all snazzy and glittery and <laughs> so i don't even think that I, would be her i'm snazzy and glittery yeah. yes <laughs> i'm but, not <laughs> but in confirmation you wear your skirt but you still have to wear your ugly tennis shoes Okay. It's important. Yeah. Uglier okay. the tennis shoes, the better of. Sensible seen. shoes. Yeah. I seen this one lady over there that had like uh, a, a, some kind of skirt that was like red, white, and blue, and it had like this red. It had a dog on it, red bone dogs yeah. on it. Yeah. She was yeah. Showing, you were like, had a red bone. I have I lots think. of red bones. Yeah, okay. she has lots of show? red bones. Yes. What about, you had a you had a real good English dog, I think. Was yeah, that an English I have dog? An, yes, I have an, an English female that's won quite a bit, and I've had black and tans that's won quite a bit also, yeah. But those are my two primary breeds. Started out with English, went black and tan, came back into it, got, brought some English back in. So so what do you look for when you, like, say, pick an English dog as opposed to a black and tan or red bone to where they are black and tan and red bone? You got color schemes in the rest of them. That's like, do you have a preference or, or something you look for? Not really. Um, I mean, you're looking at more of the, the structure of the dog itself. As long as the color of the dog is one of the colors that meets the breed standard of that dog, um, you're looking, honest, I mean, you're really, you're looking at more of the, the, of the dog itself. You're looking how it's built. As long as the color fits the breed standard colors, which English have quite a few, um, you're looking at the structure of the dog. You're not looking at, really at the color. I didn't know if you like from as a, like a puppy that you pick out of a litter or something like oh I'm gonna this is gonna be my if next. I'm picking one it's probably gonna be blue a blue English because that's kind of been my thing Jasmine's blue the two pups I kept off of her is blue my first one was a red tick but and that's primarily what you see is more the tricolor and the reds um, some more white but you know what, what do you prefer on the like red bone dark red 
I do like dark red. Honestly, I like a dog that will blend in well with um, the mud so that I don't have to wash it as much before we show. She, the color of the mud that she um, lives in is the same color as her red the color bones. of, yeah, red dirt, red clay. Um, that's always beneficial. Where are you from? North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, we live about 45 minutes apart, so. My hay dudes have a red tent to them. Because <laughs> cool. All the red clay we have. We have mm. we have red clay, but I was just gonna. I was thinking she was gonna say Georgia. Just yeah, no, not for a while. Okay. No. What do you mean not for a while? I did live there. She lived in now. Georgia for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, but she's 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 in my neck of the woods now. I brought her up there where I'm at. So you live in like West Virginia, right? No, I live at. I, well, we have a home in West Virginia, so a okay. lot of people think that I've moved up there, but we actually just bought a home up there. But we're we still live in Western North Carolina. I can't ever think of a woman's name that does that you live near that does the grand show at the Grand America. Daniel Champ. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's how I was thinking. I was like, Yeah, I know our houses are really close up there, but that's just our second home right now. I may retire someday when I get to that point, but not there yet. That sounds like a plan. Yeah, least. it's a plan. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about West Virginia. I still, I'd have to think about that when I'm looking for some flat ground. I'm still trying. I'm at. I, that movie, Wrong Turn, gave me, like, PTSD about West Virginia or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he Don't. broke down in West Virginia and had a panic attack. Well, and Andy will vouch for this. Once you get to the top of the hill, the hill is beautiful. But getting to the top of the hill can be an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that, there's some weird – I listen to a lot of podcasts of cryptids and Bigfoot and stuff, and there's a lot of weird stuff coming out of West Virginia. Mm, I imagine. And the, actually, the podcast that just we had come out Wednesday, there's a guy from South Carolina whose father-in-law lives in West Virginia, and he says that his father-in-law claims that he shot a Bigfoot in West Virginia deer hunting several years ago, oh. whatnot. But it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know. How, how, how do you feel about that? What's your thoughts? Bigfoot, real, not real? I say no, but I'm a realist. So. <laughs> I, mean, okay. I guess it depends on how much I've had to drink. <laughs> but here's my, here's my. True that, true that. <laughs> I, or how many mushrooms you ate. No, I mean, <laughs> she said something like it. So I'm, I don't know. I'm a real type of guy. I'm, I, I think there's something. I don't, I don't know. That's just. They say we don't have. They say we don't have black panthers in Western North Carolina either, and I've seen them with my own eyes. Oh, oh, we got them. We've had a bunch of people talk about that Mm. on a podcast. That they've seen those. Claiming it might even be spiritual now. Yeah, no, I've seen those for years, right close to where we where we live. What's that mean? Like a oh, uh, entities. Yes, I'm gonna let Daniel explain this one. He's better explaining than I am. We could open up a can of worms and get into this because (laughs) I can't. We can. Get into it could be it could turn into like biblical. Open up the Bible and I explain up. stuff, mm-hmm. or and then uh, Native American. I started to say it's probably more of a Native American thing than yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, you okay. got yeah. Um, but I look at a biblical aspect of where these spirits and where this stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. Where do these elementals, earth, wind, fire, stuff That's like right. that come from? Where what could that be? Right. Yeah. But we are slightly crazy. I'm just gonna point that out. I mean, I, I, we're cool with that. I'm, I, I'm, I don't back away from the fact that I'm crazy. Hell, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a redneck who 
decided to start doing a coon hunting podcast looking for weird, creepy shit from all over the United States. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But we hadn't talked to any, like, um, bench show people. So I thought it was a perfect opportunity. To, how long have you been showing? My whole life. Your whole life. This she was born. 36th Autumn Oaks. She was born with a coon hound in her hand. Yep. So. Did teach you everything you know? <laughs> <laughs> Should have punched okay. him. Okay. I really can't tell exactly. I was worried there for a second. <laughs> Why? Because you had that look. It was a, like, just some confusion. Yeah, it's like I can't. <laughs> just confusion. I really can't tell if you wanted to backhand me, or if you wanted to cuss me out, or if he was like, oh, <laughs> it was more of a oh. <laughs> I was also confused when you didn't know who I was, though. So. I know the face, but not okay. the name. I know the face. Okay. Well, I'm good with matter? faces. Somebody actually knew who I was that didn't know who you were. That was a shocker, wasn't it? It was odd. <laughs> no. I, I, I'm on the big screen over there right now. Oh, is yours up there oh, now? Really? I was up there a minute ago. Oh, now you're back. Oh, no, I'm oh, yeah, it's say, you again. Say now I'm back now. Yeah. Say so I don't know very many show people's <laughs> names. I, I really don't. I sell them in magazines and Grand American, but that's about. Well, well I've hunted Red Bones my whole life, too. I bet your Red Bones hunt? Yeah. Um, yes. You about to get punched? They go hunting. I. They don't do a lot of finding. Listen, all the time, listen. But they will go hunting. You may realize that who this is when you realize that the the leopard hound that won national grand duel champion here a few years ago. Yeah, that was my. That was shady. her shady. She hunted her, won her cast. She showed her one national duel grand. Are you hunting Three tonight? Years. A leopard? No, not. We're hunting our red bone in the um, slam the, hunt. In the slam hunt. Okay. Yeah. Because we was trying to go on a cast, and we didn't know. We knew they was doing a hunt out of here and then the slam hunt somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we're going down to the slam hunts about 30 minutes from here, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think the deadline's nine. Nine, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go hunting with somebody somewhere tonight. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work up, come out. On. Hopefully. But hopefully. So it was at this point in the conversation that a lot of stuff had to be edited out. So... To make the conversation make sense, we're going to pick up right in here about the time that Keith Emery is getting introduced into the conversation. Well, damn. So you just thought we were just boring bench show people, didn't you? Right. (laughs) This should be a reality show. (laughs) Um, So, yes, my husband, you should interview him. He's a funny man. He did come up with Which one is he? the big bearded man in the camo pants. Not T Mac, but the, okay. I was like, ever you seen said a UFO or a Sasquatch? I was looking at the blue shirt, and That's I heard t- the man in the gray and okay. beside him. Yeah. He does believe in Bigfoot. He saw him one night hunting. Uh, we want to talk to him. Get You're going to want to talk to him. He's a, he's a fun guy, um, but he did come up with um, as the ben- dog show bench unfolds. Is the soap opera. As the dog show bench unfolds. Um, there we go. And then we were going to follow up with as the scorecard unfolds once yeah. we went to the woods later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to hear this Bigfoot story. Hold on. That, let, that, me, let me get Keith. What's his name? Keith. 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 Come on. Uh-uh. He can have mine. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Lisa, we appreciate you taking oh, the time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. Here, they need to hear some Bigfoot stories. Oh, Man, we do a podcast about coon hunting, and we're looking we're looking for the stories that include the creepy, the crazy, the weird, the wild, the cryptids. I got you. And uh, 
anything I, from meth heads to we, Bigfoot. We asked them if they were believers in Bigfoot, and both of them were, you know, she said it is according to how much she had to drink. Yeah, well, I mean, that's 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 true. Yeah, she has to have uh, a couple drinks, and she sees all kind of animals in the woods at night. <laughs> so she was like, you got to talk to my husband. He said he saw one hunting one night. I, I did not see it. But we have heard. Oh, we heard it. Yeah, you heard it a couple of different times. We have we've heard stuff in the woods that you cannot explain other than it's got to be a Bigfoot. I mean, that's that's the only thing I can, t- I can think of. It doesn't sound like a coyote. It doesn't sound like a cat. Doesn't you know the woman screaming? All that we've all heard all that before. And uh, now this was just some kind of a cross between a almost like a howl, like a coyote, but it it, it almost it was more deep and had more of a growl to it. You know. Did it extend? Yes. Yeah. It was. It went on for, you know, several where, seconds. Where are you at? You at? Was this in North Carolina? Yes, in North Carolina. Where at in North Carolina? I mean, uh, you ain't got to give it away. Is it like National Forest, private no, property? No, no, this was private property. This was a uh, dairy farm that we were hunting on. Okay. Uh, it boarded up, and there was a kind of a draw that goes down in between two pastures, and uh, it was deeper down in the hollow where we was above where we were at. And we heard it two times, and uh, – that that's the only time I'd ever heard it, you know, there. Never heard it anywhere else. So, so I've I've been listening to um, stories coming out of this place in North Carolina called Uwaris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's east of us. That's down uh, toward like toward the middle of the state, Albemarle down that way. And that's there's, there's a lot of people down that way that said they they they've seen or heard stuff down there they can't explain. There's no shortage of stories that come out of the Uwaris from lights, orbs, Bigfoot. It, there's just it, it, I asked a guy from North Carolina. That's a guy. Um, I don't know if you know Jordan Sisk. Yeah, he lived. He moved down to where we live. Okay. And so he goes to our coon club, and we got to talk. I talked to him like the other day, and he was like, "Yeah, I know where you worries is." He said, "Man, he said it is so much swamp in there. He said you don't you don't really want to coon hunt in there. It's so much water. There's a lot of water. There's a lot of water, but uh, it is good hunting. I mean, but you're going to get wet. But yeah, there's there's plenty of uh, habitat, if you will, for something like that to be roaming around down there but uh, one of the craziest thing i ever saw hunting when i was younger we were uh this one particular spot that we always hunted at and there's a little old cabin that sits right off the creek and now it's a rental cabin they've redone it and uh people stay there or whatever but there was this old older woman that lived there and we all knew she had passed and we were still hunting up that way well, we were in there one night and dogs were getting deep and we're going up the creek, you know, towards them. Well, this little woman, little older lady, gray haired lady with her hair pulled up, you know, how old, old time women, they, you know, get the long nightgowns and they pull their, you know, when they let their hair down, it goes down. Yeah. She walks past us coming down the creek carrying a candle and that's all she had in her hand and never said a word, never, never even really looked at us and we just froze and, Went back, got the truck, was going to drive around, never saw her again. But I, I saw that with my own two eyes. That's the craziest wow. thing I've ever seen, hunting. You say that woman up in like the house, you said she had passed? Oh, yeah, she had passed like a year ago before this. So I don't know who it was. It didn't look like the woman that was there, but I don't, you know. But it had never said a word, never even really looked at us, but just kept on cruising. Kind of like it, it, kind of like it was just something on repeat playing that didn't interact with you. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, I had never got her, anybody else to say that they had yeah. saw this woman again. Or I mean, I don't know, but it was it was definitely strange. And we quit hunting that spot after that. I can promise you. 
Didn't, wow. get, didn't go back there. What do you think about that? I'm not certain. <laughs> well, I was. Well, you're not certain what you would do <laughs> if you were in, ever to see something like that. Oh, well, I'd probably introduce myself or something. It, we didn't say a word, me and my buddy that I was hunting with. I mean, it, we just kind of looked at each other. One of them deals where it makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck and your arms, and you're just Can't like, oh, shit, let's get out of here. And that's that's what we did. We left, got the dogs, and we I, we might have hunted back there a couple years after that, but it, we didn't. it wasn't one of our regular spots after that, I can promise you. When you heard that noise, like what you said, you thought well, like might have been a Bigfoot or more than likely what it could have been. How far would you say it like could have been like away? Could you judge that? Uh, <sighs> Two two fifty something like that. It was it was a pretty good pretty good ways away, but uh, I, I've heard cats. You know we've got bobcats and stuff, and we definitely got coyotes and, and and you know pigs and lots of and bear. We got all that, and I've heard all that before, and this didn't sound like any anything that I'd heard before. Yeah. So I get caught up in stuff like that. I listen to like Bigfoot bunch of Bigfoot like podcasts, like Sasquatch Chronicles and stuff like that, and I love the ones where they play like the noises and the clips that they've yep. caught and yep. recorded and stuff and there's sometimes it's like there's no way that's an a, a, a animal or a coyote or something i listened to one out of the uoris and it was like that's why it sounded like a coyote but then there was that you could tell the first one was a coyote and there was like this dude who actually stood sent it off and they do what they call like a visual imprint of the sound that runs through like this right. computer system right and they picked up coyote and house dog, but there was this other one in the middle that they had no recollection of what known species could make that noise. Right. And it was like right in between the coyote, and you could tell when it come in, and it extended out like a coyote at first, and then it kind of just went on past that, and then you heard another house dog like, arp, arp, arp. Well, this was, this was definitely its its own thing. There was not like a house dog or anything with it, and... And it, it it tailed off. Like I said, it went, probably growled or whatever you want to call it for five, six seconds. Yeah. And then it just kind of tailed off. But it was real deep and kind of a real uh, rolling kind of a kind of a growl, you know. It was definitely something that we, we did never heard before and, you know, didn't want to didn't go exploring to figure out what it was. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Have you ever seen any Black Panthers? <laughs> well, all right. So you talk about North Carolina. Everybody in North Carolina has a Black Panther story. Get The DNR will tell you they don't exist. I don't have one. Uh, well, except yeah, except Andy. She hadn't lived there long enough yet. She, you know, they're, but, uh, they're working on it. They're yeah, gonna yeah we, we're going to get her there one of these days. But everybody's got a Panther story. And I, again... I saw something one night, I, and this was, I, well, it was about the same time, about, was about the same age as, you know, the, as the lady walking down the creek. It wasn't very, you know, it was in a couple of years anyway. So we're hunting, and I'm standing next to this big old oak tree out in the woods, and I heard something, and I looked, and I saw something on close to the ground, but it didn't look like it was on the ground, but it was brown and black. And I was like, first thought was, okay, a snake. Well, it was off the ground a little bit. And it went around, and it looked like a cat's tail. And I was like, oh, crap, you know. So I backed up and looked around the tree, and it was gone. There was nothing there, and there was no snake. And I looked up the tree, and there was, and I didn't see the cat. But I can't swear to that one. I don't know. It might have been my mind playing with me or whatever. Spiritual. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. It's well, like I was just telling him, talking to her and Lisa, and I was telling him, like, the – 
the similarities. There's like a it's not is it? I don't believe in coincidences, but there's like so many of like the Native American stuff that talks of like spiritual cats, spiritual right. animals, the jaguars and right. stuff. They were actually found in, found evidence that there used to be a jaguar cult of Native indigenous people that lived in the caves in Kentucky. Really? And there's the number one cryptid, and there's parts of Kentucky that the number one cryptid sighting is a big, long, black cat that's always going from a cornfield to a wooded section, crossing from left to right, and it goes from the side of a two-lane road nose to tail. Really? And it's always going, it's all only seen going from left to right out of a cornfield. Huh. And so, and it's right in that area where there used to be a jaguar cult that was in the cult in the caves there. Really? Yeah. What part of Kentucky? It's, um, it's, I'd have to, I could send you, I can't remember. It's going to be somewhere near Hellier and Somerset. I got you. Okay. Yeah. I, People put up trail camera pictures all the time, you know, asking, what is this? Can, you know, somebody can identify. Never anything black as far as cat-wise, but there are some large cats in, in western North Carolina, bigger than a bobcat. And I, you know, so it's not, you know, other than the, that one experience I had, I'm not going to rule it out. I think that, you know, that's possible. There's too many people that say they've seen them for me not to, but of course, let's say the same thing about Sasquatches too, but uh, yeah, I, I put them in the same category, right? So my whole theory is, if you can say that at least one person is right, it throws your whole paradigm off. Exactly. If if you can throw it all off, but if at least one is right, your paradigm's jacked up. <laughs> yep, that's hundred percent right. So, and they wouldn't have named the football team the Panthers if uh, you know if it hadn't been something well, wasn't somebody said right? a damn Black Panther yeah. somewhere, somewhere you know <laughs> he's like I'm sorry I ruined your Black Panther party <laughs> <laughs> well they didn't name, they didn't name them the Big Feet that's for sure so I mean they had to name them something <laughs> well if you get one in Black and Tan puppies you need to name it Bigfoot no I already know of Black and Tan out of North Carolina that was named Bigfoot. That was yep. what Austin Sigmund and yep. Mary Elizabeth had. That Never was, mind, we you won't know them. That was a, that was a good uh, yep, that was a good dog too. Bigfoot was uh he, he beat Keith many times. He beat me a few times, he sure did. He's, he was gonna get by himself and have a coon, that was for sure. What kind of what kind of dogs you hunt? Well, I'm hunting uh I'm hunting red bone right now and uh we're trying to trying to trying to help the red bones out a little bit. We uh Curtis, Andy's father and uh he bought a uh, X-bred jip. She's Walker and Redbone mix. And I hunted. We hunted her and got her granted out. And I'm trying to get this Redbone male that uh, that I'm hunting right now. Trying to get him to. He needs one more to be a night champion and and you know try to get him qualified for some stuff next year. We've just been so busy with our daughter playing ball and stuff. It's been hard to get everything done this summer so uh so is that why y'all going to the slam hunt to get that win yeah that's what i'm gonna try to do hopefully uh looks like there's a pretty good crowd signing up for the duels tonight so maybe uh maybe they'll all stay here and nobody will go to selma and i'll have a chance <laughs> so not as many numbers up there we actually thought about going up there and seeing if we could like go out spectating trying to find some cast to go out with yeah i mean we're gonna we're gonna be there or from around i mean i don't know what or here it was like he wants to go out with the old plot cast because he's a plot man. I got you. Oh, and yeah. and there's no plot people around me at all. I'm alone. He is alone. All alone. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. all in the Carolinas though. Yeah, 
There's a bunch. We got well, a bunch. Well, you're from South Carolina, right? Yeah, I'm from South Carolina. Well, North Carolina. Yeah, there's, down my way, everybody's like, what, you on a plot? Ain't them things mean? And I'm like, I've seen a bunch of mean walker dogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen mean in every breed. Yeah. So, it, it doesn't. But I, I'd like to see the plots make a comeback. I mean, that, for a while there, there was a couple of good ones. I know that dog that uh, Bill Harrell had, um, Logan. I mean, that Logan's a – He's a real deal. I've yeah. heard that name before. Yeah, he's a, a stud dog that's going now. Yeah. We, I had thought about a pup off of him, but I got one off Tracker. I don't know if y'all know of Tracker, yeah, Tracker or not. Tracker, Michigan. Yeah. And We've hunted with uh, Chris, Chris Rochester's yeah. Maximus a lot. That's what the dog I got is off of Maximus. Okay. Yeah, Maximus is a coon nice dog. Did you get one off of that banana cross or whatever? No, it's a Luna dog. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's, yeah. They pretty much just – um. Dang, what's the guy's name? I have no idea. You talking plot, dude? You Robbie Cody. They pretty much Robbie Cody. They, yeah. they Cody dogs. Yeah, top and bottoms. What she is? Yep. Yeah, Robbie always had a always had a good one. I mean, that's for sure. My buddy uh, Clint Pace that lives up not far from me. He's had dogs from Robbie and stuff like that. And I mean, they've always been pretty solid hounds. She ain't the best in the world, but she's the best I've ever had. So I love her. And Mark Miller, a friend of mine that lives up in Taylorsville, he's partnered uh, right now with a plot off of. Uh, with Stephen Fielder, okay, and yeah, uh, I've seen that and, dog. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, ah, he's going to kill me. What's that dog's name? Um, Fever. Fever. Yeah, Fever. Fever. Yeah, and he's coming along pretty good, you know. So uh, there's a few around, but you they're know. they're not as plentiful as the walkers, that's for sure. You know, Randy Henson. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He me. comes down and hunts around our neck of the woods a lot. I don't know how he does it, man. He'll leave. He he doesn't live far from me. He you know probably 20, 25 minutes. We're in the same county. And he'll drive down there on a, on, you know, you'll see him post at one o'clock in the morning, heading to the forest, and it's like, dang, dude, well, how do you do it? Now I guess he, you know, I got to sleep sometime. I don't know when he sleeps. You know Ronnie Mace? Oh yeah, I mean, if if you own a coon dog, you know who Ronnie Mace is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, come on now. <laughs> he came. I, I do a little feed store in a little town called Joanna. Okay, yeah, I know where it's at. It's like, if you know where Whitmire's at, yep. it's right on. It's like eleven miles. Right. So. He come in the other week, two, three weeks ago. He yeah. stayed in there for about 45 minutes and talked to me and chit-chatting, told me some stuff. We're going to have to get him on my podcast, I was going to say, man, I mean, if anybody's seen something, it's Ronnie. Ron, Ronnie's had to but, have seen a, a Bigfoot. He probably saw a Bigfoot riding a Black Panther. <laughs> I ain't kidding. <laughs> now, Ronnie's a good one, man. He's a, he's, he's a friend of mine, and uh, I like to give him a hard time, but he's a good dude. He really is. I don't feed his dog feed, and he he's mad at me about it. What but, do you uh, feed? Uh, we feed diamond. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We've diamond. had good luck with it. Diamond naturals. Diamond not naturals, diamond. not just regular diamond. Yeah, the diamond oh, okay. naturals. You know. Do you have your show dogs on like a certain regimen of dog feed? It depends on the dog. Yes, they get a lot of supplements. Really? I've been a vet tech for seventeen years, so they get a lot of supplements. They get a lot of vitamins. Sometimes I get wild and try to make. You know, put the hunting dogs on stuff that um, vitamins and things that are supposed to help with hydration and energy and stuff like that. You walk them on a treadmill? Some of them. I actually thought about getting a treadmill to put my dogs on to run them on through the summer. And just, I don't do, I've never really cared much about being a bench show person. Like just taking the time to like do that repetitiously every damn day working with that right. dog on the bench right. that's not not me well i knew yeah. and i never saw until i met her i mean i've been you know i've had hounds my whole life and everything but i never saw the you know where it would 
make a difference in a dog. You know, why, I mean, why are we even having a bench show? You know, why it's, it's the stupidest thing I'd ever heard of, really. But the, the more long since I've been with her, the more I learn about, you know, standards and stuff like that. You can see where, how it, you know, and you can look at some of these dogs you're hunting with in the woods at night. If you don't, if they don't have the right parts, they, they're going to break down and they're not going to be able to hunt all night, you know. So, I mean, it is it is something to, that you have to take into consideration and, you know, Nobody really likes to hunt an ugly one either, but, uh, you know, that's... Lee Kern said there's no excuse for hunting an ugly dog. Uh, that's just what he said. He's always said that, and I don't know. It just seems like all the some of the ones in the winter circle ain't beady queens, that's for sure. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I think they get battle scars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that shady dog that we, uh, um, that leopard that we had, that she's, you know, she's a night champion. She's got... All she's a national dual champion. National dual champion, yes. And uh, you look at her in the face, she's a beautifully, confirmationally correct dog, but she's scarred up. I mean, got part of her ear missing, you know, from one of the first fights she's ever in with a, with a coon. So, yeah, they got to have some battle scars, I think. Okay. How many leopards do you hunt? Like, uh, none now. Well, Shady was the last you, one. Is that, how many have you hunted with? Uh, I hunted I've never hunted with – I've maybe hunted with one. Yeah. I don't know how they hunt. Do they hunt – We own the first Grand Knight. Leopard. Yeah, camo stampedes, camo dazzle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know there is a little bit of animosity between some people that believe that it should have been left alone and still should be classified as a cur, and then yeah. there's some that believe it should be a hound. Yeah, uh, that's that, that's the argument that's kind of like Ford and Chevrolet that's never going to go away. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just good. They, those people are never going to, you know, you're never going to convince them one way or another. So, it, it confuses me as a person that I've never invested a lot of time. I've coon hunted since I was 11. Right. And but I've never been in the woods, so I don't know. Are they like a, a six hundred yard hunt around you type dog? Or are they a hound hunting? They what? don't. They're they're different than any than any other hound that that I've ever hunted with. Like they, no, they're not going to. You don't have to walk on them. They they they'll get going. At least Shady and her granddaddy Camo or uh, Dazzle. They were they were like that. They Dazzle kicked dirt in your face and get going. And he was you know the the biggest difference with them. They just, like I said, they don't act like hounds. They act more like a lab that trees coons. You know, I mean, they're they're uh, they're quirky. That shady would get mad at me if she if she got, you know, I did something to her or whatever made her mad. She wouldn't hunt for two weeks. I mean, she just That's the way my plot dog is. She's weird. I well, sent, his Walker dog's kind of like that. But I sent uh, shady to Ohio mm-hmm. one time to try to get her bread, and they kept her up there for probably a month. And she come home and she was pouting. I could tell she was pouting, and. Uh, Andy went hunting with us one night and uh, cut him loose. And I'm watching her on the Garmin. And my buddy's blue tick gets in there and gets treed. We're heading to him. Well, I'm watching Shady on the Garmin. And she gets to the road. And it's a pretty busy road. And gets to the road. And it just stops. You know, the track stops right there. And I was like, oh, I didn't hear anything. I was like, oh, crap. I was like, this dog is dead. You know, I was like, she's done. I was like, how am I going to tell Andy this? You know, because this was right in Shady's prime. I mean, she was starting to win a lot of stuff. So we get to the tree, and I told Andy, I was like, look, we got to hurry. I was like, I don't know if we're going to pick up a collar, if we're going to take a dog to the vet, or if we're just going to pick up a dead dog, but she's laying up there in the road. And uh, we hauled back to the truck, go busting ass through the brush up through there, flying out sideways on the road and go flying up to where she's at, and there she sits on the white line just watching traffic go by. Ain't a thing wrong with her. She was just mad. She wouldn't hunt. That's just, so that's the, kind of, that's the kind of hounds they are. I mean, Sounds they get just they, like my plot. <laughs> But I you mean, said this is a national dual grand champion. Okay, for our podcast, we have several people that listen to it that don't coon hunt just because of the creepy stories right, that we're right. looking for. They kind of like that. For some reason, I was told that the men 
that don't coon hunt like to listen to the show for the hunting stuff, but the women are the ones that like the creepy stuff. Right, really? Yeah. Huh. Well, like, what's up with that? Our, that would be our daughters. Our uh, daughters like weird, creepy murder shows. So oh, yeah. For yeah, those the, people that don't, like, are not in the coon hunt world, tell everybody what exactly that means to be a national dual grand champion. Well, here at Autumn Oaks, they hold a hunt. It's actually going to be tonight. Um, and you hunt with your breed. You have to have a title of, a, like, a bench show title and a night hunt title to enter. And then... Those dogs hunt together. You if you win your cast, then you can show tomorrow in the dual show. So you got to prove it in the woods first that you can tree coons win a cast. Now, now and during the hunt, sh- you only hunt against your breed. Right. So right. tonight, the walkers right. only hunt against the walkers. The uh, you know, and so on. And then tomorrow. that way, they make sure they get a breed winner, someone showing tomorrow represented in every breed. Right. And then they come back, and then they and, they do like a normal show, and then get it down, and then they. So for to put this in. Those the, the dogs that hunt tonight have to be a, a grand night champion. No, right? just a night champion. Okay, just a night champion. Just a night champion. Okay, yeah, they got to have five cast wins. So they have to have a title. Yes, that's, that's yes, they have to be titled. Okay. Yes, a hunt title and that's, a show title. That's and a show title. You know, that's, right. gives it the duel. Which I mean, to me, that's a uh, we won it with Shady. What three years ago, four years ago, something like that. It's been a while, but uh, or was it the first one? No, no she won the second, second one. one. It was she the second won one. Breed three years. Yeah. The overall one year. Yeah. And to me, that's a pretty special – that's that's an overall hound kind of title, you know, and that's pretty special. And uh, that, that was that was one of the, one of the best accomplishments for Especially her. something different. Is, is like that the same? I right. like different. Yeah, me too. Is that – I'm trying to figure out how – I don't know how they do that. I'm, I don't know. How do they – like, they hunt tonight and then tomorrow those – same title dogs will show just the one just the cast winners the cast winners. Okay, just, just, just the, the cast winners. yeah yeah just the cast winner from yeah. the night it's going to show tomorrow well, do they ha- do what do they pick overall how does that how does that work out they well then the off? breeds the breeds will show against each other tomorrow and they'll pick an overall leopard or overall black and tan then they bring in all seven breeds provided that every you know Every breed has a cast, cast winner, winner tonight. You know, I mean, they, they a, might be a plus, you know, a plus point like regular UKC. Right. Cast yeah. So I mean, I'm, I don't know how many you're a plot man. I don't know how many plots are entered tonight. But if if for whatever reason they come back with a dead cast or they or they don't make one, they're then they done. want they're done. Yeah. Okay. So then they'll bring back all the breed winners from tonight and show against each other tomorrow. Then they'll bring all the breeds back in and show against each other and then pick an overall national grand dual champion. So tonight is that only night they'll actually hunt against each other. Correct. Yep. Yep. And like I said, it'll, okay. it'll be good. Yeah, and it's just their own breed tonight. So. And tomorrow I get to judge that show. Yeah. Oh, you're judging. judging. Yep. yep. So I'm pretty excited about that. So that's another. How, how many, I like that those dogs that I'm going to be judging, their confirmation in their show, I know that they already treat a coon, or can, you know. Yeah, I have think the that's ability. Cool. I think that's Did you really show? Cool. Did you yeah, show at Grand cool. American this year? Yeah, I, yeah, I actually won Grand Champion Mail both days. Okay, my son is the one who sits there and calls those names out all freaking day. Really? Yeah, that's my oldest son. He probably boy. won't do it next year, but yeah, he will. He loves he will. doing it. He loves doing it. Yeah, he didn't like doing it where they the way they did it last year because it was like he was literally in there until sun went down. Oh yeah. yeah, it was a long one. It was. It was. So he got tired of doing that, but he likes sitting in there. Um, he actually got fussed at because that girl, what's her name, uh, Katie Wood. <laughs> yeah, he kept calling her KD. KD. Oh. That's how it's it spelled. spells. It. Yeah. yeah, and then she kept 
come out, she's like, it's Katie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> then there was something. Wasn't there something else? Somebody's dog name or something. Oh, he butchered some yeah. of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, two fly by. No, no two, two, by, two. It was Virginia. It was Ohio. That it was Ohio Valley something. But he, oh, yeah. Ohio fly yeah. is what yeah. he called it. Ohio fly. And I said, if I ever had another dog, name it two fly fly. Andy and I have actually talked about that before about some of the names getting butchered. And I was like, I, the way some of these people write. I won't want that job because you can't read that mess. Yeah, we crack we crack jokes on him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I went over there and asked him this year. I was like, I bent, lent that. Um, what was the girl Danielle? That's her name. Champ Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. He was sitting there beside her and he was keeping all the paperwork straight and stuff. And I'm like, has he butchered anybody's name this year? Mm. She's like, no, he's done good this year. He ain't butchered nothing yet. The uh, fir- that first year he done it, it was some funny stuff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway. I didn't know you was judging the show. Yep. Or Lisa and I are judging. We'll do half and half and then but I get to do the overall duel tomorrow, so which is I'm another excited reason, about that. Yeah, which is another reason why I'm going to Selma tonight because there's no there wouldn't be any point in me having something to hunt in this anyway because she's like, I can't show the show the dog to her. So Man, I appreciate the stories. It's nice to meet y'all and yeah. Yeah, you too. You yeah. sure did appreciate it. Yeah. We gotta say we we got to interview the judge of the bench show. Yeah. We didn't even know that. (laughs) Hey, we appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network. If you want to get in touch with me, my email address is htpodinfo at gmail.com. That is h-t-p-o-d-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you with all your coon hunting stories that include the creepy crazy and the unexplained. Until next time, keep them dogs in the woods and happy hunting, y'all.